0: Amen. I want to uh, invite uh, Mark to come up now, commonly known as Westie. Uh, Mark attends this church now with his wife and children, uh, but Mark also works at the Queensland uh, Baptist as well. And I suppose you could sort of say he's almost my boss really, so should be on good behaviour. Um, but I should just say this, I don't think Mark remembers this. The first time I ever met Mark, I was at Fernie Grove High School as a student. Mark was on prac there and I was being an absolute numpty as I was back then dead set a rapping M, numpty, that's all I did. And uh, I played up big time this day. We were doing long jump in the sand pit down the oval and I was mouthing off a little bit and just doing the wrong thing uh, as I often did. Um, but Westy pulled me aside, had a few words to me and gave me detention that day. Uh, that was the, uh, I don't know if you remember that mate, but uh, that was the first time I ever met this guy. But you know what mate, I later became a Christian and my life's been transformed, so you
1: never know. So uh, let's uh, welcome Westy, that'd be great. Oh, that's awesome. Look, it could have gone two ways. It could have been a pep talk about, Dave, is this the man you want to be growing up, you know, or a detention or two laps was the only other. I only had three strategies, a pep talk, detention, or run two laps of the Oval. Now, it is very good to be able to share with you. Uh, I just love being part of this church. I've got to say it's such a blessing and encouragement. A uh, quick story, I have my in-laws uh, come visit us. They live out of town and they came to church a few weeks ago. And um, our church has really blessed them. They're in a tough patch in their lives and uh, going through some big stuff and just the worship and the encouragement and the prayer and the word and the stories, just richly, richly blessed Um, my father-in-law and mother-in-law. So thank you. Um, So good. So good. Hey, we're looking at a passage today and Jesus finishes this passage by saying, now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. Now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. And in fact, the you, now that you know these things, is actually plural. So Jesus is saying, now that y'all know these things, like y'all will be blessed if y'all do them. Like he's talking to the group. He's talking to the the disciples, the kind of the, the community, like the squad. And he's saying, now that you guys know this stuff, you'll be blessed If you do it. And Jesus is talking about a blessed community, like the ultimate community, like a group of people where there's no infighting and no drama, where there's no power and no politics, where no one's an outsider and everyone's an insider. Like Jesus is saying, if you do these things, your community, your crew, your squad will be blessed. You'll have the fam you've always dreamed of. the the tribe you've always wanted. Like, be part of this blessed community because isn't that what we want? Like, I reckon all of us want to belong to a great group of people. We want to belong to a great community, a place where there's no politics and no drama, no infighting, no power plays, where there's no toxic culture, where it's just a blessed community. I reckon we want to belong to that. In fact, I reckon we want that so bad that we would give up individual success in order to belong to a great group. I don't know about you, uh, but you know, I work at Queensland Baptist, great work environment. But if I, was, if I was in a difficult place, I reckon I'd rather earn much less money and be part of a great environment. I'd rather go to a place where there's no politics and no power play, no backstabbing, no gossip. I, I would give up, I reckon, 20% minimum to belong to a great place. To say it another way, would I take a role? We bought 20% more money, but it was a toxic culture. I hated going to work. The people I worked with didn't get on and every single day there was drama. Like, don't you want that? We would give up individual success. We would rather play on a, on a losing team that has a great culture than win every game. We would give up individual success to belong to a great community because we're on the hunt for that blessed community the place of belonging, that wonderful place of unity and love, shalom, right? That's why when they sell new, new estates, they don't have pictures of houses. They have pictures of this. This is the shot. <laughs> it's a, throwing a frisbee in the park. They have pictures of people walking their dogs and holding hands. People in the park having a picnic. Like They, they try and sell the community. And the sales pitch is, don't you want to live here? Don't you want to belong to this community, this utopia, this blessed community? And Jesus here is speaking and he says, now that you know these things, you'll be blessed if you do them. If you follow my example, Jesus says, if you implement the principles I've just told you about, your community will be blessed. You'll belong to a great group of people. So what are those things and how do you do them? We're looking at John chapter 13, and it's the passage in John's gospel where Jesus washes the disciples' feet. I'm not going to do that tonight, but I am going to unpack the passage and help us understand what Jesus is saying to us. So it's John 13, and let's begin at verse 1. It was just before Passover festival, and Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. Like this is almost certainly the Last Supper, you know, the night before Jesus was betrayed. And uh, it describes here some, um, some etiquette, like they're at a, at someone's house having dinner. Like on this Friday night, I'm actually having some friends over to my house. And uh, when they arrive, I'm gonna do things like uh, welcome them, shake their hand, give them a hug, say things like, hey, can I grab your jacket? Uh, come on through, grab a seat anywhere you like. Uh, can I get you a drink? Um, is the music too loud? Like that's, that's kind of basic etiquette, isn't it? You invite the men, offer them a drink, show them where to sit, take their jacket. Like that's kind of what you do when you're hosting a party, right? But in Jesus' day, the etiquette was quite different. And proper etiquette was when the guests came to the house, begrimed from the travels of the day. Israel is a dusty place. In fact, in two weeks time, I'm gonna be in Israel and I'm trying to decide whether to bring these bad boys these brand new white Nikes to the dusty streets of Israel? I think not, I think not. So what would happen is you would arrive and uh, your feet would be dirty and there's a hierarchy in the household. So the more favoured servants or slaves had the better jobs and the lower you were down the rung, it's like working at Maccas, you understand, right? The lower you were down the rung, the worse jobs you had. So the second bottom rung, the second worst job, the second lowest slave, their job was to undo the sandals, undo the straps of the visitors and the master when they came to dinner. These days, you just slide out of your Birkenstocks and it's easy. But in those days, you had to undo the straps, right? It's dusty, it's dirty, There's probably like, you know, fungal diseases or feet, feet are gross in the ancient world. That's what you need to know about that. That's the second worst job. So when John the Baptist says, I'm not even worthy to bend down and undo Jesus' sandals, he's putting himself at the second lowest spot. But the lowest slave, the lowest slave, their job was once the shoes were off, their job was to take a basin of water and to wash the master's feet and the feet of all the guests. So when Jesus gets up from the table, takes off his outer garment, gets a bowl of water, puts a towel around his waist, the disciples are like this. You're kidding me. They're like, like, no one gasped when I read the passage. There was no like, oh, no. But that's, the disciples are just gobsmacked that their rabbi, the honoured rabbi, their leader, Jesus, who they've coming to believe is the Messiah, that he would stoop down, down to the lowest of the low, that he would take off his outer garments and he would like humiliate himself that he would embarrass himself, that he would empty himself of any status or pride and would get down and wash their feet. Like they just, it's incredible. Our king is the king who stoops. He takes not the throne, but he takes the lowest place. He sacrifices, serves. We read on, verse six. He came to Simon Peter who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, You do not realize what I am doing, but later you'll understand. No, said Peter, you shall never wash my feet. Jesus answered, Unless I wash you, you have no part with me. You know, Jesus is like, Simon, you don't get it now, but you will. what Jesus is doing here is a symbolic prefigurement of the cross. He's demonstrating what the cross is all about. He's saying, what I'm going to do is I'm going to clean your feet by humbling myself. But on the cross, I'm going to cleanse your soul by offering myself. What I'm doing is I'm not taking the place of honor. I'm taking the place of service. And on the cross, I will serve you by giving my life for you. He said, you think this is bad? You're embarrassed by me washing your feet? Just wait till I'm hanging naked on the cross, bleeding. Outside of Jerusalem, cut off from the people of God, cut off from life, abandoned, betrayed, alone. Just wait for that. But that's the way that I save. See, Jesus is symbolically prefiguring the cross. He's demonstrating how he will save is through sacrifice, through adopting the posture of a servant, by placing himself at the bottom, by humiliation. Man, I'm done I was putting this together about using the word humiliation, but I think it's the right word. It's allowing yourself to be so humbled, so emptied that there's kind of, Nothing left, you know. Jesus offers himself for us. Peter says, no, you'll never wash my feet. Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part in me. Verse nine. Then Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my heads, sorry, my hands and head as well. I don't know what Peter's thinking. Peter's a blurter. He just blurts stuff out, left, right and center. And he blurting right out here. Jesus answered, those that have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body will be clean. When you are clean, and sorry, and you are clean, though not every one of you, for he knew who was going to betray him. And that is why he said, not every one of you is clean. Like I was thinking about Peter. It's odd, isn't it? Because in other places in the gospels, we see Peter being very comfortable to be served. You know, his mother-in-law is sick. Jesus rocks up with the boys. And Jesus heals his mother-in-law and she waits on them and she serves them. He's cool with that. He goes to weddings, he goes to banquets, he goes to party with, parties with Jesus and he's used to being served. He's quite comfortable with being served. In fact, I reckon Peter would probably like his own minions. You know, the little green and yellow guys, the green and blue guys. I reckon Peter would like that. People just to run around, do his bidding, do all the menial jobs for him. I reckon Peter would be very very happy with that. In fact, I would like my own minions, to be honest. It's part of the reason why I had kids. Is to have someone who can just do all the jobs I don't want to do. No, not really. But we kind of like, I remember the first time I had my own minions. Right? The first time I had people, I could just be like, you there, do this. Go over here, do that. And uh, I, was, uh, I was in my early 20s. I was uh, on an SU camp. What's the camp here? Is it Splash Out? Yeah, splash out, okay. So I was on the like next one across in Fernie Grove, which is called Smash Camp. And I was on Smash Camp. I've been on a bunch of times and now I was like risen through the ranks and I was now the director of Smash Camp. Me and my friend Graham, he's like my mentor. So he's Clarkie, I'm Westy. Westy and Clarkie, the directors of Smash Camp. 100 high school kids, 25 leaders, one week of carnage. Smash Camp, it's in the name, right? You guys get it. So we're on camp and it's the end of the first day of camp and it's been massive. You know, it's like midnight by now and uh, like Clarkie and I just sort of like lounging in the dining room and we've done all the jobs. We've confiscated all the contraband that's come on camp. We've broken up the couples. We've broken up the fights. We've sent home the naughtiest kids already, like rang their parents and said, come and get them, you know. And now like the day is done, all the incident reports are written, all the kids are asleep, everyone's in bed and we're done. And Clarkie says to me, man, have you seen the dining room? I'm like looking around being like, oh, it's a train wreck. It's like a herd of wild buffalo have just run through the, the, the dining room. And he's like, man, someone's got to clean this up. I said, Clarkie, I'll get some junior leaders to do it. Like we're pretty important and they're like our minions. We'll get a couple of junior leaders. You know, They'll have this place sorted out by 2 a.m. It'll be fine. We're going to bed, we're too important to hang around. And like, I kind of had my own minions. So I think all of us, like Peter, we kind of like being served. But don't you reckon there's some times where you're being served and it gets a bit awkward? It gets a bit embarrassing? You know what I'm talking about? This happens to me sometimes when I'm out for like a nice dinner and the waiter will come and get like the linen serviette and they'll kind of like lay it across my lap. I don't know what you do, but I think I do this. I'm not sure that's the right thing to do, but it's just, I just feel a bit weird. I feel like I know it's your job to serve me, but I kind of rather you didn't. It's embarrassing me. I feel embarrassed for you. It's a bit weird. I feel like saying, grab a chair, come and sit down. Would you like a drink? I'll get you a drink. You know, can I pour you some wine? And I recognize what's happening for Peter. Jesus says, I want to serve you. He's about to wash his feet. And Peter just feels a bit weirded out by it. Peter's doing this face. He feels weirded out by it. It gets too real for Peter. And I think it's because of his pride. I think for Peter, he's like, I can't follow a saviour that humiliates himself. I can't follow a a rabbi that embarrasses himself. Jesus, I, I don't need you to do this for me. This is... This is a bit weird. It's it's too close. It's I don't need you to embarrass yourself. I, I I'm okay. Like it's his pride that gets in the way of Jesus serving him. And Jesus says, "Unless I wash you, you have no part in me. No part. That's like for inheritance. Unless I wash you, you won't inherit anything from me. You don't belong to me. You're not kind of in the family." Peter, I have to wash you. There's no other way for you to be saved except by embracing my humiliation. Prefigured by the foot washing, actualized by the cross. There's no way to be saved apart from Jesus washing us. Like maybe that's your story. You know, and you're like, I'm a pretty good person. I know about Jesus. I'm trying to live a good life, but it's a bit embarrassing that the guy I'm trying to follow you know, died naked on a cross so you, you just say Jesus I'll just take it from here I'll work really hard I'll be a good person but I don't want to embarrass myself by embracing the, the humiliation of the cross like that's weird so I'll just look after it I'll just do enough I can get rid of my own grime I can clean myself and Jesus says no like you have to be bathed when my kids were little and they were filthy from playing outside in the mud we'd have to bath them head to toe, to get all the dirt off. Then they put their pajamas on. And sometimes they'd go outside and play for a bit more. When, when they came back inside, we didn't bathe them. We just washed their hands and feet and maybe wiped their face. Everything else was still clean, especially in winter, long sleeve shirt and shorts, you know. That's what Jesus is saying. He's like, you have to be bathed once. I will clean you once, I'll cleanse you once. You'll be baptized by the Holy Spirit. You'll be born again, you'll receive salvation. You'll be transformed, but then you still get dirty. So you need to continually come and repent of the recent sins. That's a daily practice. That's why the Lord's Prayer is a daily prayer where we confess our sins and ask for forgiveness. And this is what Jesus is talking about here by washing the whole feet and washing the body. Verse 12, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I've done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord and rightly so, for that is what I am. But now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I've set for you an example that you should do what I have done for you. Very truly I tell you, no servant is greater than their master. No messenger is greater than the one who sent them. Now that you know these things you all be blessed if you all do them like Jesus puts his towel back on and he says do you understand what I've done for you I've set an example for you and if you follow my example of washing each other's feet which is really about sacrificial service if you take the place of a servant if you honor others above yourselves, if you serve and sacrifice and love and put yourself last and go without, even in ways that are embarrassing, humiliating, and seem shameful to outsiders, right? Do you understand what I'm saying to you? It's what Jesus is saying? He's saying the way to have beautiful community, to be blessed, is to follow His example of sacrificial service, to humbly. Empty ourselves of pride, and to serve one another. You know that first night of smash camp, you know I said to Clarky, "We'll just get some interns, like some some interns, some uh, some junior leaders, to come and come and do this for us. Like we're too important." He said, "Oh, actually, Westy, we're going to do it." I'm like, "What? It's so late. Let's just go to bed." Prayer meetings at six a.m. He's like, "No, we're going to do it." He said to me, "Don't you reckon?" that when everyone comes to breakfast in the morning, all the campers, all the leaders, they should be able to come into a clean and organized room, have a great meal and have a great day? He said, yeah, that's why we get the minions to come and do it. He said, no, we're going to do it. And we did. We took all the tables and chairs out of that dining hall. This is at Majimba. We mopped the floors. We swept first. We mopped the floors. We let it all dry. It took forever to dry. We're waiting, it's 1am, waiting for the floors to dry before we put everything back in. We put it all in, spick and span, neat and straight. We went to bed at 2am. The next morning, I'm standing by the door, checking name tags, shaking hands, confiscating contraband, breaking up couples. And as people come in, you know what? No one thanked me. No one said, Wester, you're a great leader. No one even knew. They just came in, had a great breakfast, had a great day. But I knew, I knew. And I learned a valuable lesson. I learned a lesson about serving other people, even at great cost. So where does this all land for us? I've got a slide that I think kind of pulls together what Jesus would say to us today. And hopefully it works up on the screen here for us. Here we go, hopefully it comes up. Well, I mean, God knows that we long for community. here we go okay great okay so this is how it works from the top down the community you've always dreamed of can only be built when you wash the feet of those around you which is only truly possible when you're secure in your relationship with Jesus which is only possible if he's washed you right the community you've always dreamed of that's your small group It's a place where you work, it's your family, it's your soccer team, it's your neighbourhood, it's your squad, your crew, your people, right? That community, for that to be all that it can be, a place of harmony and love and unity and peace and joy and beauty, shalom, everything in its right place, the goodness of God, a blessed community. Like that community can only be built when you wash the feet of those around you. In other words, when you sacrificially serve, when you let others go before you, when you do the jobs nobody wants to do in ways that gain you no credit, that no one even notices, but that help bless everybody. As you do that, as you sacrificially serve, emptying yourself of status and power and position and preference, putting yourself at the back of the queue, at the bottom of the the ladder, as you do that, you'll build the community. But you can't really do that properly unless you're secure in your relationship with Jesus. Let me explain what I mean by that. I think sometimes we we work really hard for Jesus, you know, like we're doing all these things for Him. We're helping and serving and giving and sacrificing, and and the whole time we're we're doing all these good things. We're looking at Jesus, saying, "Jesus, is that is that enough? Did did you notice that, Jesus? Do you do you love me? Have I pleased you?" Is is that good enough? Oh, I better do some more. And you do more. And you're like, Jesus, now do you accept me? How much do you have to do before he accepts you? What you're really doing is you're doing good works, but you're just using the people that you say you're serving in order to get God to like you. That's not true service. You can't really serve people. You're washing feet, but the whole time you're saying, am I a good person now? Do you love me now? Am I acceptable now? You see what I'm saying? Like, why could Jesus take off his outer garment and wash their feet? Like, how could he do that? Well, the reason the answer is in the passage. It says in verse three, Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power, that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, wrapped a towel around his waist and washed their feet. Jesus knows where he's come from. He knows his origin. He knew that he had come from God, right? He's secure in his origin. He knows where he's come from. He belongs to God. He's come from God. God loves him. He knows who he is. He's clear about his purpose. He knows that he's accepted. He stood in the water. At his baptism, and heaven opened, and the Father said, This is my Son, whom I love, with him I'm well pleased. Jesus knew that he was accepted by the Father. He's secure in his origin, he's secure in his identity, and he says he knew that he's returning to the Father. He's secure in his destiny. Jesus has no doubts about where he's come from, who he is, that is accepted, and where he's going. So because of that, he's able to serve. And it's the same for us. Like you can't really serve people unless you're secure in your relationship with Jesus. You're just using them to make yourself feel better or to get God to like you. Like taking a selfie as you help a homeless person. But when you know that you're accepted by God, that you belong to Jesus, that your name is written in the book of life, that there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God, when you know where you've come from, your sin is saved by grace, secure in your identity, a child of God, and know your destination, your destiny, to be with Jesus face to face in the new heavens and the new earth, then you can do anything. And it doesn't matter. You can embarrass yourself. It doesn't matter. Other people can look at you and be embarrassed for you, thinking you're humiliating yourself, but you're like, guys, I know who I am, where I'm going, where I'm from. I don't need this to feel secure. This is why Jesus can do this because he knows who he is and where he's going, right? And it's the same for us. Unless you are secure in your relationship with God, you can't really serve people without using them. So if we go back to that slide again for us here, the community you've always dreamed of can only be built when you wash the feet of those around you, sacrificial service, which is only truly possible when you're secure in your relationship with Jesus because you're not using people to make yourself feel good. It's genuine love as the Father has loved us, which is only really possible when he's washed you. When he's washed you, when you are, when you belong to him, when you've given up your self-salvation plan, when you've given up all the things that you've done and try to do to cleanse and beautify yourself. When you stop trying to save yourself, prove yourself and get God to like you. When you give up on self-righteousness and self-salvation and self-sufficiency. When you go to that place where you say, this isn't working, I I can't do this. I'm, I'm trapped with guilt and shame and sin and I just don't feel peace and joy in my life. Maybe that's where you're at tonight. You have to come to that place where you say, all to Jesus I surrender. I give up my failure. I give up my best moments. I give up all the ways I've tried to cleanse and beautify myself apart from you. And I embrace the cross. The cross that looks like the worst moment, but it's actually the most beautiful moment. It looks like shame and humiliation and defeat, but actually it's love and beauty and victory and majesty. And it's only when that goes into the center of your being and you give up your own plan to save yourself, and Jesus floods you with his grace and washes your sin away, it's only then that you're truly free to serve others, to wash their feet, and to create the kind of community that everyone says, man, I wish I was part of that. Just as the band comes back up, I wanna just help us take one step. Just one step. So I wanna challenge you in the next 24 hours to find one way to sacrificially serve someone in your world. Just just one simple way. Where I live, it's bin night. Put your neighbor's bins out. Take someone a coffee to work tomorrow. Write somebody an encouraging note. Mow your neighbor's lawn. Buy someone some flowers. Like the Holy Spirit would lead you. You'll have an opp- I guarantee you will have an opportunity to show someone love and grace in a practical, tangible way on behalf of King Jesus to wash their feet, to serve them. Could even be anonymously. But as each of us do that, like imagine if all of us sitting here tonight did that in the next 24 hours to one another to people in our street in our neighbourhood people in our team our squad our gym bros whoever it is right as each of us do that the Holy Spirit will work love will go forward grace and mercy will be experienced by people and the shalom of God everything in its right place supernatural peace and beauty will grow and foster in that community don't you want to be part of that? I do. Let's pray together. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you that you model this for us, not just by washing the feet figuratively, but Lord, you model this for us by going to the cross, by emptying yourself. Love those words in Philippians 2 that say, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, any comfort from His love, If any sharing in the spirit, any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish, ambition or vain conceit, rather in humility. Value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each one of you looking to the interests of others. And your relationships with one another had the same attitude as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God did not consider equality with God something to be used for His own advantage. Rather, He made Himself nothing, taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man, He humbled Himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place. Gave him the name. Oh man, I can't even read it. The name that is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow. In heaven and on earth and under the earth. Every tongue acknowledge Jesus Christ is Lord. To the glory of the Father. May it be so. Amen.
2: We're going to worship our great God. And I want to encourage you, if you want prayer, maybe the Holy Spirit's spoken and you know for the first time that there's a God who loves you. Jesus died on the cross for you. Jesus conquered the grave for you. And He wants to forgive your sin and set you free and call you a child of God. Tonight, you can do that. So I want to encourage you to be bold. And through this song, if you want to declare that, I want to invite you just to come down the front, pastoral team down here. They'd love to pray for you. They'd love to lead you through a prayer. There's Bible packs up here. If you just want to come and kneel at the foot of Jesus, you come and do that. Maybe this is a beautiful time of repentance for us as well, crying out to God say, come on, change me through the power of your Holy Spirit. Let's do this right now. Jesus, we love you.
0: attitude of prayer, I just want to take you uh, give you a moment just to just give thanks to our great God. I mean that picture is amazing, just the, the sacrifice that was made the, the way in which He guided and led and modelled what it means to truly, to truly serve and just want to take this opportunity just in the stillness just to give thanks and honour and praise to King of Kings and Lord of Lords who laid down His life, sacrificed His life so we can know freedom and fullness of life. Why don't you just take this opportunity, this the stillness, to give praise and honor to Him? Father God, we honor you tonight and we just thank you. It seems too small. It seems not enough. The words aren't enough to describe just our gratefulness of all that you've done for us, great God. But you modeled what it means to truly love. It's a sacrificial love. It's a serve an act of service to lay down one's life. And I just pray, great God, that in the same way we too would model what that means uh, to the lives of those around us, great God. You said first and fundamentally to love you with all our heart, soul, and mind, then to love our neighbor as ourselves, great God. It's a sacrificial love. And I just pray, great God, I thank you for the challenges West is left with us, great God, that as we go about in our different areas and spheres where you have us, I pray that we would listen to your voice, know what you want us to do, and then act out that one thing that you might have us to do tomorrow or this week, great God, so that others might experience the love of you through us. That's what, that's what you want to do in and through us, great God. You want to use our lives uh, so that others might experience You. And so Father, lead us in that, show us what that is and help us to uh, be obedient to that great God. We really do pray. Uh, we thank You Father, we love, uh, we love You, Lord. We, and we, we, we're just so grateful for all that You've done, Lord. And I just pray that You might use us this week in all that You have in store for us. So we pray these things in Jesus' mighty Name, Amen. Amen. Um, I do just wanna say that's so true, what Westy just shared. Like, what would it mean for every single one of us tomorrow and this week to, to truly live that out, to really seek God on what He wants to do through us um, this week. Um, I really pray that you'll think and, and, and seek Him on that. Um, yeah, have an awesome week. May God bless you wherever you are, whatever you're doing. He wants to use you this week and I pray um, that He will in a mighty way. Uh, so God bless you and we'll see you soon.